Hello and welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. I'm Tracy Minoknuku, your host. This podcast is part of a suite of tools and resources to help midlifers navigate the challenges that come with health and wellness. Many of the resources have a focus on the menopause transition and the challenges with gaining credible information and support. If you check out www.sexyaging.com and subscribe, you'll be informed of new podcast episodes, new blog posts, and details of my book, My Menopause Memoir. But now, it's time to tune in for today's special guest. Episode 51 with Kimberly Holiday Coleman is amazing. She's amazing, and our conversation left me so uplifted. Kimberly's a stage 2 colorectal cancer survivor who went on to win a burlesque competition, walk in a Melbourne Fashion Week show, and have her pictures featured with Dove, all while wearing her colostomy bag. Just think about that for a second. Most of us in midlife struggle with the idea of showing our stretch marks and cellulite and maybe some extra weight gain. This episode really helps us review those thought processes. Kimberly and I discuss body positivity, which is a challenge for midlife women. Obviously, society makes it a challenge, but whether we subscribe to it or not is completely up to us. Kimberly is a true champion for women, diversity, and disability. And for that, I'm grateful I was able to interview her. I want to dedicate this episode to a dear friend, Eamon Lim, who passed away from breast cancer and is forever on my mind. She also was a reminder of the important things in life. It's a absolutely stunning, beautiful morning here in New Zealand for the Sexy Aging Podcast. And I have the pleasure of introducing Kimberly Holiday Coleman, based from, you're in Houston, Texas, is that right? Currently, I am in right outside of Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a native <laughs> Houstonian, though. <laughs> okay. And we will be moving back this year, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's so nice to talk to you. We were connected through mutual friends through podcasting. Um, and uh, we've already had a little 10 minute catch up, which is, I'm like, I think I should have pushed record earlier. <laughs> we already started having a really good conversation around um, a key message that I want to bring to light today, which is body positivity. And body positivity and aging kind of come head to head. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I really want to introduce my amazing guest, Kimberly, and your incredible story. So welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. Thank you so much. I am so delighted to be here. I cannot wait to get in here and chalk it up with you and yeah. break all myths and unnecessary stigmas we carry around. Yes. Yes, that's us. We're on it today. I, I just want to take a few steps back because obviously with every important conversation, there's usually an underlying story that gets you to a place of, for us, body positivity. So you have a really unique experience. And if you're happy to share with the listeners, that would be amazing. Sure. Yes. Uh, well, I am a six-year now, six-year um, colorectal cancer survivor. 
stage two. I was diagnosed in uh, July of 2015 uh, after experiencing like roughly seven months of um, conscious and recognizable symptoms and going back and forth to my doctor, taking an initial test, fecal occult test for early detection of colorectal cancer, it came back negative. Going back to the doctor, continuing to advocate until I was able to receive um, a, a colonoscopy mm -hmm. at the age of 47, which at that time in 2015 was under the age in the United States for you to be able to get screened. So that really meant that I was advocating and pushing. And so upon, you know, awakening from that, I real they told me that I had stage two um, colorectal cancer. And I, you know, went about uh, going through that whole battle. And so with that, there was a lot of body change. And one of those changes was having a colostomy, being given a colostomy, which was supposed to be only temporary and um, temporary twice. And I, I ended up keeping it. So now I am six years in with my colostomy, whose name is Toodles. Which you I have a name for your colostomy. Yes, yes because she's my side buddy. <laughs> oh, I love that. that. I mean, that's, you, if you're going to embrace it, you may as well name it, claim it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. That's right. That's right. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and it's, it's individual for each ostomate, of course, but I, I find that it has fostered an incredible relationship with my body. It's helped to foster this healing relationship with my body and, and a coming to accepting, you know, that all of the scars from surgery or life or whatever all have come together to paint this, you know, beautiful, uh, picture which is me oh um, absolutely when you talk about beautiful I'm sitting here I'm listening to you but I'm also looking at this absolutely stunning woman so if anybody is deciding that they want to check in with the YouTube version of our interview I highly recommend she you are glowing Kimberly and there's obviously you know your personal experience will have led to a lot of how you feel about living today yes yeah yes yes it has so you know after going you know, when you're in that battle, it's like you're really just going for to for in fight or flight. And I just remember the day that I was diagnosed, I, I made a conscious decision, you know, amidst the tears and the fears and all of that, my husband and I, you know, not knowing whether I would live or, you know, uh, transition through this. And I just was like, you know what, I just want to go stop, get a bottle of champagne, and we're going to toast to uh, being on the kicking cancer's butt and being on the other side of this thing. And, you know, so that just took me on this really power, it took me on a powerful journey of discovery of self, of, you know, like where the cancer battle is truly fought, you know, because our bodies are fragile. So again, it, you know, we keep having this body mind connection, you know, going on and, and how do we, how do we consolidate those two and try to find some type of balance and acceptance and peace uh, with things that are happening that are not most optimal, <laughs> you know, like colorectal yeah. cancer, receiving an ostomy. How do, how do you take that such a huge transformations in your body, mind and spirit and evolve that into something beautiful? Yeah. I just want to um, also highlight, you have six children. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so when you get a diagnosis for cancer and you have children, I think that's actually an incredibly challenging 
moment for the family and conversation how do you do that like sorry if this is like super personal but I'm you've actually really highlighted to me when there's children in the experience like what happens like how do you do that well you know I think I did what a lot of moms do um we try to suck it up buttercup and put on our best put our best face forward and show our kids that we can get through this and that we're going to be there for them no matter what and I did that however to come to find out that that wasn't a service to myself or them and that it's teaching them not to have that connection to their body that acknowledges what is happening and then works to create this healing whatever that looks like you know not necessarily like oh i'm gonna heal from cancer but how can you heal to the best of whatever your situation is yeah so you know i just realized that through that process as my body is you know it's evolving. It's doing all these things. It's, you know, I lost 30 pounds in a month. It's, it's just evolving. <laughs> and I don't, and I'm, and I'm coming to having to deal with this face to face with this new physicality in, in so many different ways. And, and so it was powerful because my children were, were seeing that and, you know, just, just addressing it with them from the very get-go because they were out of town when I was diagnosed, which was nice because we had like two weeks to process. And, you know, that way when they did come home and we sat them down and talked to them about it, um, of course they cried immediately. And, my, and you know, my three older kids, well, you don't know, but my three older kids, are they're grown and they live in you know, different places. And so was my three little kids. And they were all like, I think like 12, you know, 12 and under. And so I'm having this comfort in the minute we say cancer, they just burst into tears and they don't. And it taught me something. People don't know what cancer is. They just Mm. know it's bad. And so even my kids knew just from those words that they felt like I had an immediate death sentence. So it's like, we're, so as a family, you know, we're learning how to walk through this and to live amongst this type of ooh, really intense uh, traumatic diagnosis and the things that happen and the things they saw my body going through, you know, becoming bedridden, being on a walker, you know, moving super slow. And I'm normally super active and, you know, just, just seeing these things, my husband carrying me to the bathroom back and forth, you know, like they're seeing this and so it was it was all a lot for for all of us Mm -hmm. yeah all right we're going to take a segue so coming through the cancer so here you are six years now um and you've actually had some pretty incredible things happen (laughs) i have seen the craziest coolest photos of you post cancer um so i want you to just review for the listeners some of the amazing things that have happened post cancer and with toodles <laughs> <laughs> well i i like to say i became an accidental advocate you know for ostomies and colorectal cancer because once i was diagnosed i, I kind of made a decision that day whether i was going to talk about it or not i decided to share my story not realizing that people i didn't have any attachment to whether they liked it or not i just yeah. wanted to share and I thought it was a part of my healing experience to be transparent, excuse me. <coughs> and um, 
so I just started sharing and then voila, all of a sudden, you know, like I, I had gone to a beach. So I had my, let me just backtrack real quick. How my evolution with my ostomy after naming my ostomy <laughs> and, you know, coming to peace with that, I decided that before my 50th, oh my the year of my 50th birthday, because I was 47, I was diagnosed. I said, okay, I'm going to enter a, um, a burlesque competition. I've never done burlesque. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, and so the only other time I had shown my bag in public prior to that was in 2017. So I had had my bag for a year. I went to Jamaica and decided to wear a bikini and my ostomy bag out. And I danced on the beach. Oh my so, gosh. That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it was a whole story, right? Yeah. But fast forward to the, that actually gave me the, um, courage to then say, Hey, I'm going to do a pole competition, or I'm going to do a burlesque competition. There happened to be one that was coming up. I entered, they did not know I had a, um, an ostomy. So I made my little costume and I wore a corset and, and made a conscious choice in the show, whether I was going to show it or not, you mm. know, because it was my freeing moment. I wanted to liberate myself. I wanted to reclaim my body. I wanted to reclaim myself. So I thought, well, go on this stage and just bear myself, you know? And so, you know, of course you have on the pasties and the bottoms and all that, so you can't take off everything. But, and so I had my little corset on and that, there came the moment and I just undid it and I turned around and I held my arms up and dropped it triumphantly and just held the pose. And it was so interesting because before that moment, no one knew that I was an Osman. No one knew that I had colorectal cancer. No one knew anything about that. So everybody's cheering. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm dancing to bad to the bone, right? So they're like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. They don't know what this song means to me. And so I take it off and they go silent. This, the audience goes silent the minute they see this, this thing. Because I think they can't figure out. Some people can't figure it out. What is like, it? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, and my husband was in the audience, and he was like, it was magical because all of a sudden the room just erupted. Oh, wow. Like, oh, my gosh. So, of course, you know, I ended up winning. And a, their, their win, you know, became my, um, it became an accidental advocacy because a gentleman came up to me after the show and he shared with me. He said, I have had my ostomy since I was 18. I'm 28 now. And it has always been horrible for me. And I never felt good enough. And then I saw you. And I saw what the possibility could be. Yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> After that, Toodles and I have toured, you know. Like anytime, places. anywhere. <laughs> we have toured around the States. We've done different sh burlesque shows around the States. Yeah. We even came to Australia yes. and performed in Melbourne. Uh, yeah, it was wonderful. It was, and so she's been, it's part of helping me to break down the stigma. And also it, it taught me a lot about, you know, accepting myself and feeling good in my skin. Yeah. So you walked the fa uh, fashion show in Melbourne. Is that correct? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Share it now. That's huge. Yeah. You, some of the stuff. Yeah. I don't have my little sheet, but yes, I, I actually how that kind of came about. I, I don't know if you heard of the underneath we are. Um, book project, Amy Herman out of Adelaide. She took these incredible photos of about a hundred women 
and they we were in various states of bras and panties and so I told her I met her online and I said I'm coming to Australia had never been to Australia and I was like I'm coming to Australia I'm gonna shoot these pictures with you I believe in your project so much she's like what so I go and I come to Australia and I shoot with her. But before that happened, she's like, hey, you should check out this fashion show. So I went and applied for it. Not, no, <laughs> I didn't know. And they were like, yes, we would love to have you. So I was, that became my international model debut. <laughs> yeah. In Melbourne, because I was able to walk in the first um, disability uh, focused runway show in Melbourne Fashion Week. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I walked with the most amazing uh, models. It was to date. And I used to model professionally. Mm-hmm. And this to date was my favorite show. Oh, you know, because for us here, um, when I was growing up in New Zealand, uh, Melbourne Fashion Week was a really big deal for this part of the world. So it's always been quite an iconic opportunity. And a lot of um, sort of uh, Southern Hemisphere models have made their careers based off walking Melbourne Fashion Week. And then they've gone on to do, you know, International Victoria's Secret and all that sort of stuff. So it is actually quite a big deal. And you walked it. Hey, yeah. girl. <laughs> it was so wonderful. good. It was yeah, it's amazing. Okay. And then I saw this absolutely stunning picture of you for a Delft campaign. Well, actually that picture came from the underneath we are okay i make the connection now (laughs) yes so that was amy herman's picture and dove saw it on i think on amy's page or my page and they picked it up and i woke up the next morning and they had just like oh my gosh and they you know just took it and kind of ran with it and it just went viral and it was beautiful it was it was it was an amazing moment you know just to see how many people were responding so favorably to it. It was really, it was such a nice way to raise awareness. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I think Dove have been on that journey for a number of years. And I think it's, they were probably one of the first breakout mainstream brands to identify and support women in all their forms, yes. in all their situations. And they've continued to do that, which is, I believe, really inspirational. So it Me does... Too obviously speak to our younger woman and you I feel on some level we're starting to develop a bit more uh acceptance and understanding of all types of bodies are beautiful and I mean there's still mainstream media that sort of says this is the idealistic way you should look you know but I feel like when I speak to my daughter there's a bit more acceptance for their body and everyone else's body like it's starting to feel a little bit more toned down around you know the way you should look um and I think Dove have been one of the key mainstream brands and this is like not a sponsored podcast by the way (laughs) it's not not, and I have and I I buy them yeah they sponsor me you know I just I like their products that you know it's like I like the story that they're telling I do love that just be you, no filters, you know, it's beautiful. I I can't argue with that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this takes us to the topic of body positivity. And I've just noticed, you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram, obviously I'm posting what's happening in the podcast and I've got a book out and everything. So I use the social media as a way to inform and engage people in conversations around the podcast. Um, And some of the stuff that I'm seeing um, now is a little bit more around 
how women in their 40s, 50s and beyond should be portraying their bodies, right? Like someone's telling us how we should be dressing, how we should be talking and maybe if we should even be in public <laughs> or at work <laughs> or doing anything. <laughs> so I get, I'm picking up on these messages and I feel in my gut some negativity around the messaging and the conversation. I think uh, and you're such a good person to talk to because you obviously have embraced a part of your situation where you have an appendage. Not well, I think it is by choice, but in some ways it, it's 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 a lifesaver. And it yet, is. you know, you're going to go, okay, this is me, this is who I am, this is my body, scars and all, because it's really obvious in your pictures that you know, with all the surgery, that it has left scars, and you would expect that. So how do you feel about this conversation? I mean, I, I think you may be elevated beyond it now, but I'm sort of coming in at the ground level and going, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this conversation on people telling me whether I should or shouldn't wear a bikini, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? How do you yeah. feel? Yeah, uh, you know what I'm learning is, I'm learning to, to listen to my own voice. You know, for because it's like you know, I I'm I'm with you. We grew up in a time where magazines told us like, hey, this twenties and thirties, and you know, this is how you do this, and so we kind of used that as our guidebook. And I've tossed it. Now I am. I, it's just too much. It's like, when do we get to breathe? When do we? get to just be when do I get to just leave the house how I want whether I comb my hair or not whether I'm wearing pajamas or not it's it's so it, it's so ingrained in us that we just cannot just be and so it's finding this this piece like it's so interesting you say that I was talking with my daughter who's 18 and she, and uh, I was like saying oh if somebody invited me to a really nice restaurant and I was dressed like this and she's like, would you go? And I was like, and I thought about it. And I was like, you know, back in the day, I wouldn't have because mm. the way you look, the way you dressed or showed up, said all of these things and how you were supposed to be. And I said, now I realize it's my energy. So yes, if I felt I would show up and I would have my own swag and I would be totally, I would have my own elegance. I don't need to put on something to be that. I'm learning to be that. And then the clothes, whatever I'm wearing will accentuate that. It will show that it will, it will emote that. Enhance your personality. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, you know, um, I, I'm learning that and it, and it's in, we still can and I'm also learning like people can be whatever they want. Some days I want to put on makeup. I want to play in my makeup and I want to put on fabulous flouncy dresses. And I, you know, I want to, some days I want to wear a swimsuit and some days I want to be in yoga and you know, whatever. And today I have on like little leggings and it was so funny because I had that thought as I put on leggings and my little top and it's kind of body conforming. And I went out and I was like, before I went out, I was like, did the check. And I'm like, you're good. Ah, yes. You know, like I was just like, you're good. You are you. And it, so now what I say is I am enough. I am yeah. enough. And so I show up, I am enough. And no one ever says anything, but oh, you look great. <laughs> it's only when I'm in my own self-doubt and ascribing to what I think people want to see me do or be in that the problems come. But 
for women or for people, you know, is showing up as our authentic self. If my son wants to wear nail polish and that makes him feel good, wear it. Why yeah. am I telling you? You know, I'm, I, I, just, I think I'm just over it. I'm, no, I am over it. I just letting people do what they want to do and yeah. what makes them feel good because that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're, you're really inspiring and just listening to you. You are just, and I'm talking to you, it feels like we're having a coffee together and you're yeah. really, really settled with who you are. And I think a life-changing situation really does accelerate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had that happen, but I do want to get to that place a lot faster. And, you know, my mission and purpose is to help other women also just embrace their situation um, of course, when you're going through uh, hormonal changes and perimenopause and menopause, um, that really does shake things along quite a lot. Um, you know, how you feel about yourself, how you feel you look in your clothes when your body may have changed, your composition may have shifted. Um, and so, yeah, I want to help other women understand that all these moments in life are moments for us to really dive deep and and embrace who we really are as a human being, irrespective of the way we look, the color of our hair, um, the wrinkles on our skin, the scars on our bodies. Like I just want to clear the floor of those conversations and go, this is your fantastic, amazing self, human self. Be all you can be, own it, embrace it. Um, And just sort of sitting here in this conversation with you, it just, yeah, I think it just elevates that. We just have to be, the, you get one shot, you know? <laughs> You've made that really clear. So yeah. we don't have time for yeah. this, you know, like worrying about what people are saying or how we should look or how we should dress. Yeah. Yeah, we spend a lot of time. <laughs> and when you have like these types of diagnoses, you can grow from it or you don't have to just because you have cancer doesn't mean everybody's going to grow and get these profound moments. No, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen quite the opposite because people have their own experiences. Um, it has enriched me because it's something that I chose to, you know, cause I believe there's a silver lining in every cloud. Even if my body had transitioned um, even if, you know, which people call losing the fight, but even if my body had transitioned through this, I still feel great about what I put into that journey. You know, it's like, I, I, I know that I've, because now I have a new diagnosis and it's, it's, um, it's, it's intense and the outlook is not favorable. However, you know, and so I, I so I got that diagnosis in January. So I've been like grow, growing through this space of this new diagnosis and the finite um, information that they give you. And, and I just realized it was like, you know what? This is just another level. This is another level of being and, and it is the true surrender. And so I just decided like, you know what? I'm going to thank my body for each day that I go forward, you know, because it's not promised for any of us. And I'm gonna thank these different parts. And that's, that's part of how I've come to experience this self-love was realizing that my feet, I'm so thankful for my feet. They've carried me. They have carried this frame for 53 years. Yeah. They've traveled so many roads and they have, they have just been so, and, and I go into that whole thankful space about whatever it is. 
I'm thankful for the scars because they tell the most incredible stories of overcoming and, and, and strength and resilience and vulnerability mm-hmm. and trauma. Yeah. They tell stories and, and I, you know, it's just like, I had the wonderful opportunity of doing like an art cancer therapy class with a bunch of other women who were either in the journey or they were um, survivors. And at that time I was newly in the journey. And I'm in this class with these women and we're sharing our stories as we paint these vases. And so we were doing the Japanese art of, I don't want to mispronounce it, but Kintsugi. Kintsugi. Mm-hmm. And so we were doing that. And, and so we were painting these vessels gold and each of those cracks was representing what we've gone through, not just cancer, but life the scars we carry that you might not see. But yeah. if I were to paint your body or you were to paint your scars that we would then see. So I just thought that was beautiful. And that helped me to, that helped me to go on and go, okay, I can, these scars, why am I hiding them? Why am I ashamed of them? They tell an incredible story. They're beautiful. They are. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. Um, so going into this podcast, I wasn't aware that you are facing another challenge. And I had a question for you, but I think it's still 100% relevant because you're alive today and you have such an inspiring mindset. So hopes and dreams for the future, Kimberly. <sighs> oh, yes, yes. You What's know, happening? <laughs> Where you, uh, you know, Which have... uh, fashion catwalk are you walking next? <laughs> Man, I would love to come back and walk in... Australia, I would love to walk in Milan and Pali, <laughs> you know, and, and defy those odds and show women that, you know, I'm going to be 54 this month in a couple of weeks. And, and so just show us that we can be out on this runway as we are and be so fierce and fabulous. And so, yes, I, I, I want to do some traveling. So right now with this new focus, we are going to um, do some traveling as a family and create you know, more memories because I'm about the quality of life and yes. not the quantity. So yeah, I've got all kinds of goals and dreams. So hopefully I'll come and meet you. And that'd be amazing. <laughs> come on, come on down. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. yeah, come at summertime and we've got an amazing beach. You can bring all the bikinis. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> I'll you be know, there with you. We'll be defying what it means, you know, whatever. You can wear whatever and we can be ourselves. That's right. You can breathe. I think that's, it's nice. You know, it's like that day I took my shirt off, you know, because you know how when you go and you wear a bikini and you have a shirt over it. And I was Mm. trying to make my decision that day that I chose to show my awesome for the very first time. And, and I was like back and forth, back and forth. And and then I finally took it off and I saw like a myriad of responses to it. And once I just started walking, I just started walking on the beach and I just, it just sat with me and I was okay. I realized that no one on, on this beach is looking at me, no matter what their reaction, they don't know the journey that I've been on and how grateful I am to be here and what this means to me. So I'm going to have a blast. And I went and I took dance lessons and I, it's, I have that video on my Instagram. I had, and it just freed me. It was a yeah. liberating thing. And I think from then on, it's just been this work of liberating. And then I think life is a work of liberating ourselves if we take that journey. 
Kimberly, thank you so much for joining the Sexy Aging Podcast. You are an incredible human being, and I look forward to seeing you in the flesh uh, this year sometime, hopefully. That would be lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I cannot wait to just give you a big hug, Tracy. I know. I know. It's going to happen, Kimberly. We are putting yes. it out there. We are doing this. Yes, we yeah. are. We're going to manifest that. Thank you so much for the work that you do to help demystify aging and helping us to embrace this is a beautiful, beautiful journey because it is each great so is. Eve is a yeah. beautiful gift. So thank you. Thank you for reinforcing that. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with my guest. I'm so grateful to learn that so many people are sharing the podcast with their families and friends. If you are a new listener, then I encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'd also love to know how you feel about the content, so take a quick minute to review and send your feedback. If you're a Spotify listener, there is also a poll and a question at the end of every episode and I'd love to gain your insights there. Till next time, keep it sexy.